Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you're stuck in a dinner rut? With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered mm. right to your door. Skip all those trips to the grocery store and on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there's something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and national experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. Go to the link in our show notes to get $80 off, including free shipping on HelloFresh, the number one meal kit. And hit record. Because we are so live right now. Okay. okay something. <laughs> something. Cool. Do we have questions for the roundtable? Um, That's a no. I got poems ready. I got the board game ready. It would be nice if it was more organized. It's not going to be organized. That'll be fun. Blah, 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 Grab blah. Grab that. Oh, doing it live. We're doing it live. <laughs> Theoretically, if we didn't prepare and haven't... Trained. Yeah, we're, fig- we're, fig- we're figuring stuff out. Uh, uh, and, uh. Yeah, I think Edupod Luza broke the internet. Or probably broke did. I think it, it probably broke did. All right, Mealy. So this is going to be a poetry slam. Yes, yes. So um, for those of you that are watching the, and for those of you that are here, we had people both contribute on Flipgrid, which I'm not going to lie. I, I, I was kind of disappointed. Like you would think if I said, hey, who wants to like contribute a poem on Flipgrid? And I'm like, I'm not like, I'm not like as big as Gerardo there with his 9,000 um, minions that he's got following him. <laughs> but, but out of 5,000 people, I figured maybe like, Five would have a poem? Does that seem reasonable? You know what I mean? That's wrong. It's just three. <laughs> People are shy. Yeah. I guess and they the are. End of year burnout is so real. I and wrote mine 30 <laughs> minutes ago. So here nice. we are. Wow. Oh, yeah, man. I, nothing like leaving it to the last second. Yeah. That's, <laughs> That's what the last minute is for. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's when I do my best If you don't work, use the I last minute, you just wasted a minute. Exactly. So, wow. Why Ooh, not use that? That's why last minutes were created. Basically. <laughs> The 11th yeah. hour, you know? Okay. Well, maybe next year we'll, we'll put the Podlooza more in, in the middle of July. I don't know. Because I, I do want to have Edge of Podlooza 2, obviously. You know, at yeah. 7. But um, Podlooza 2, Electric yeah. Boogaloo? Yes, it could be. You know, at some point we'll have to decide who the Rock and who the Vin Diesel of the Edge of Podlooza are. And one of them will have to leave. So I don't know how we can, we can get that far. But, um, yes. And then we'll have Edge of Podlooza. Anyway. So we want to do the, the Flipgrid ones first. And then the... Um, the live reads, I think. Does that sound reasonable, guys? Okay. Sounds yes. good. Let's see if you can make that come up on the on the screen. We're gonna we're gonna find out together. And then we'll watch one, and then we'll give like some some positive feedback on that or how it how it hit us. Obviously, a poetry yeah. slam snapping is encouraged. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so I have it here. I don't see any responses to it though. Oh my goodness! Really? Yeah. Here, I'll share my screen. Maybe I'll share my screen. Well, maybe we'll both share our screens. How about that? <laughs> well, sharing is caring. Well, good. I guess everybody cares then. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh. Y'all are killing the mascara, too. Boy, I'm having yeah. all sorts of problems. <laughs> oh, my. It ain't going to get any better. <laughs> okay. There we go. We probably should have started with having everybody introduce themselves. Oh, oh yeah. Forgot yeah. About like, who they are, what their connection is to poetry. We've been perusing for like, now, so our manners There's millions crazy. of people watching this, and they're like, who are all of these people? Yeah. <laughs> Very lost. Okay. Go, go, go ahead, um, Natalie. Oh, okay. I am Natalie Vardavasso, host of the Hashtag Edgy Crush podcast. 
I think I'm currently the only Canadian on the call, which is kind of exciting. Uh-huh. Um, coming to you from Calgary, Alberta. We're actually going through a crazy heat wave right now in Western Canada. It's like 40 degrees Celsius, which translates to really effing hot in Fahrenheit. I actually don't know. <laughs> that's what um, the Fahrenheit stands yeah, for. Yeah, that's what I figured. So I just did that math for you guys really quickly to help you out there. <laughs> um, oh, what brings me to poetry? Was that the question? Okay, actually, there's a bit of a story. So when I signed up for this session, I was like, oh, I have this slam poem I did in university. It was all about education. I remember it being so great. But that was like three computers ago. So I couldn't find it anywhere. And I was like, I must have wrote it down somewhere else, went through journals, nothing. So my experience of like slam poetry in particular was really university when I first started exploring it. And then I brought it into my classroom a ton. It was always kind of my absolute favorite unit. And I was excited to dabble in it again today, but because I couldn't find that poem, I had to really stretch my slam poetry creative abilities because I did it at the 11th hour, like I was saying. So here I am. Nice. <laughs> Tracy, can you tell us who you are and what your connection is to poetry? Tracy Browder, a uh, host of Intelligogy, the podcast, where we work hard to disrupt educational normalcy, challenge systems, have difficult conversations, those conversations that just make us think and make us want to be better. So that's my heart. Um, just engaging with people. Also co-founder of Grit Crew EDU. And I have my first book coming out sometime in the near future with DBC because I'm working on edits. So yes, that's me. Thanks. Awesome. What's up, y'all? I'm uh, Gerardo Munoz, uh, executive producer and co-host of Two Dope Productions, uh, notably Two Dope Teachers and uh, Mike. Uh, my partner, Kevin, is not here, but he's always with me in spirit. Um so Two Dope Teachers and a Mic seeks to remix the conversation around race, power, and education weekly. We're working on our 2021 Summer Revolution mixtape right now, uh, so you should be keeping an eye out for that. Also, the 2021 Colorado Teacher of the Year. And my connection, Ooh. thank you, thank you. <laughs> and uh, I believe I'm the first hip-hop pedagogue to, uh, to receive that honor. My connection to poetry is hip-hop. Um, I grew up with hip-hop. I was raised by my mother, my father, and hip-hop. And, um, and so that, that's always been me, uh, messing around in, in journals and notebooks and just kind of freestyling a little bit and a little bit, I can either give you a piece that I wrote or a freestyle that I put on paper. So y'all be have, just have to let me know. Oh, I want all of the above. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> and for those of you just joining us, I'm Tedisco. I co-host Unprofessional Development. I teach English, love poetry. I used to hate English class. I fought with my 10th grade English teacher and told her English should be replaced with 80s pop culture class because they're only useful if you're on Jeopardy. Uh, she didn't like that. So my 11th grade teacher got me to fall in love with poetry. So I started to fall in love with poetry, especially uh, transcendental poetry, W.C. Bryant and Walt Whitman and Emerson and Thoreau. And it's just kind of grown from there. So love poetry. Okay. And I'm Mealy. And I've got like a love-hate relationship with poetry. So I I'm not a fan of poems that don't rhyme. I apologize if one of our poets is going to bring some poets, po- some poems that don't rhyme. Um, I know that there's some that might be good, but most of them, you know, I'm actually, boy, I've had, I've had personal issues that I need to work out, obviously. Um, and I guess I see well, too many people. School as makes people hate poetry. Can we just state that? I mean, mm-hmm. some stuff, some stuff, sometimes poems, Maybe maybe because a lot of it's because maybe it wasn't read aloud to me. Maybe because I was reading it. Sometimes it's just like, oh, this is just uh, you think you're way deeper than you are. Is is my <laughs> response to to like about seventy percent to eighty percent of poems? I feel personally run. attacked by that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nobody cares about your red wheelbarrow. Okay. Oh yes, yes, yes. 
please make some symbolism that people can understand, not just you and like three other people. So, um, mm. all right. So let's start with um, a girl, Batsheba, who just left. And I'll click on that and see how that goes. Hi, this is Batsheba Frankel, and I am the host of the podcast, Overthrowing Education. And I'm also an educational consultant with New Lens Ed. And I wrote this poem. It's called My Two Hearts in April of 2020, as the whole country was going into lockdown and the schools were going remote and it was a very challenging time. So here it goes, my two hearts. There is the one that is breaking with all the sadness around the world and the one that is bursting with joy at all the goodness I see around me. There is the heart that overflows with pain for all the students who are struggling, trying, starving, coping, despairing, and making do right now. There is the heart that overflows with admiration for all the educators who are learning, growing, reflecting, questioning, and making magic happen right now. There's the heart that fears and the heart that loves. There's the one that shuns and withdraws and the one that reaches out to family, friends, and the whole world. One of my hearts is despondent, thinking about the future, leading me down a deep well of depression. And one of my hearts celebrates each present moment and every tree I see outside my window, beckoning me to a stream of gratitude. I look forward to the time when both my hearts become one again. All right. Hit pause on that. Okay. Wow, that's, that's, that is both deep and heavy and um, kind of like takes me, oh, I'm muted? I, I muted your screen because there was an echo. Oh. I can still hear you. Now you muted yourself. So, Mealy hurt himself in his confusion. Mealy, just leave leave well enough alone. Yes. And it looks like Batsheva is smiling at us and laughing with us. <laughs> is there an echo now? At. We deserve it. To this go, is there an echo now? Nope. Okay. To this go have this whole thing fixed, Mealy. He had it all fixed. <laughs> As I so fine. rarely do. <laughs> Made me feel like I was like in a time machine a little bit back to like um, mm. you know th- those times. There was so many ups and downs and, mm-hmm. and mixtures of feelings as we went through it, um, along with the along with the students. So, yeah, yeah. I like that poem. Mm-hmm. Two things yeah. though. Number one, I don't know if you guys know this. Humans have one heart, so oh, that was definitely inaccurate. Cows have four stomachs, uh, though. Interesting. Yeah, and number two, um, I definitely counted more than two hearts in what she was saying. So, uh oh, I don't know. Yeah, but I really like that poem. And there's an 80s hit, Two Hearts That Beat as One, that's now in my um, head. That's going to be in my head all day long. (laughs) (laughs) I I love... Go ahead, Tracy. (laughs) You know, her her poem took us through, I think, the entire spectrum of emotions that we've all experienced um, Mm -hmm. during this pandemic. And there were two things in particular that she said that, well, I loved everything, but she talked about mental health and admiration for educators. And that's a piece that's often missed because, I mean, we the summer when it first hit, we had, you know, administrators and staff serving lunches and, you know, before vaccine and, and people took a hit. So, you know, there's all these silent layers of sacrifice and service. And so that admiration for educators just really, really spoke out to me. Um, but the mental health piece more than anything. Mm-hmm. I build off that, Tracy. I feel the duality of the poem really hit me because 
as someone who's always been like, we could do better by kids. We should reimagine education. When all of this happened, I was sometimes that jerk in meetings being like, oh, let's talk about the silver linings. At least we don't have exams and we can try all these new things. But on the flip side, that heavy heart of people are hurting and we don't get to spend time with one another and we can't hug our loved ones and we can't go home for holidays. And at first it was like, well, it's a little bit different. I'm working from home. I'm wearing sweatpants all day. Dope. But then as the months (laughs) went by, it started to just become heavier and heavier and heavier. And so that that duality was day to day. Some days I was just like, oh, what an opportunity to do everything differently. And on other days, I just wanted to like curl up with my boxed wine and cry. So <laughs> that really brought me back there. <laughs> I never drink boxed wine before this pandemic. Oh, Lord. You don't even know about the box. Just stab in a straw and go to town. That's it. Pretty much. I, it comes out like jet fuel. It comes out so fast, fills it right to the top. It's a problem. <laughs> I, I understand. And, and you know, it also reminded me of like those first days. I mean, being the teacher, we're supposed to be the ones with the answers. Hmm. And like when all this started, this is so weird and it's so crazy and it's so insane and, and unexpected. Like kids would ask me like, well, what happens if I get sick? You know, or, or uh, how do we know we're safe? And like, I, I didn't know and I didn't have any of those answers for them. And yeah, it's, it's, it's scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the image that sticks with me is this image of two hearts. Um, not just because it was a uh, Phil Collins hit back in the day. You remember that was from Buster. <laughs> to, no, I don't remember the Phil Collins. Too living much. in just well, I, Mealy, I oh, know you're I older than me. I yeah, am. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I know. Well, I, I've covered this before on other uh, other other podcasts. The, okay, that, some of my musical that, choices were based on the kids in my school that that and whether or not I liked them. And if I didn't yeah. like them, then I didn't like their music. And there was some Phil Collins. No, I feel that kids feel were really that. annoying posers. <laughs> Oh, shot so <laughs> I'll come back to this part. No, but this, this idea of um, uh, of you know the sort of the, the the aftermath where you know you're you're hoping for some kind of healing, right? And um, having two hearts kind of fuse into one is sort it's sort of an interesting idea because you know if if you are taking these two conscious these two consciousnesses. Um, and, uh, and putting them together, like what you're going to end up with isn't the same as it was before. And that's kind of what I got, you know, from the last part of the poem is that what we come back to isn't going to be what we left. And, um, and so that piece really stuck with me. Alrighty. That being said, I hope that I, I have not even listened to Victoria's poem, so I don't even know if it rhymes or not. So, um, but here comes Victoria the tech and we're going <laughs> to, we're going to, we're going to um, play her poem. Is that cool to disco? I'll allow it. Okay. Hey everybody, my name is Victoria Thompson. I'm a STEM coach and I'm based out of Tacoma, Washington. One of the things that's been really cathartic for me this year in particular is writing haikus. And I find that whenever I get frustrated or maybe if I'm having a really tough time in a meeting or maybe if I just want to express myself at the end of the day, I'll do just kind of a variety of different haikus. So this is my slam haiku and it is named In a Meeting. It's pretty short. I need to say this, and I mean this sincerely. Please stop talking now. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Love that. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the PD poet laureate right there. That's, that's it. That's the, if I had a dollar for every time I thought that, I would not need to teach. <laughs> I feel like I could substitute that final line with something about an email, and that's the exact thought I've had exactly. a million times as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, I actually oh. pulled for this. Uh, I'm glad she brought in a haiku because I wrote a haiku one of my first years teaching. And uh, I'd like to read it for you all now. Do it. Uh, all right, go for it. Another Friday, both me and this brown bottle waiting to be drunk. Haiku. <laughs> hey, Tedisco, I see what you did there. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Yeah, it was a play. Really, did you it get it? Like, yes. The symbolism makes sense? Yeah. It, it was, a, it was a double entendre. Yes. <laughs> What's that? Brown bottle. I feel like I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Nah. The double? What's the double? Like brown bottle, who's, beer bottle. Gonna, what am I missing here? No, it's the both the bottle and Tedisco are waiting to be drunk. Oh, uh-huh. oh, that's sad. Read it. Read it. Say it one more time. Let me hear it. Again. Yeah, we have okay. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Another Friday, both me and this brown bottle waiting to be drunk. Oh, there it is. I got it. <laughs> it's like it's like you and the brown bottle have like a symbiotic relationship. You yeah. need each other. In fact, mm-hmm. yeah. There you go. Yeah, I had a dear wow. friend, uh, rest in peace, Ira, um, beautiful soul, wrote this uh, series. It was like a chat book full of spam coups. And yes, they were haikus <laughs> about spam. Not what you get in your email, but like the actual meat products. Oh, wow. wow. And they were beautiful. He, he wrote a spam coup that like moved me to tears. Like oh, a wow. lion. A spam so, coup. A spam shout out, Ira. <laughs> Love you always. Wow. Oh, so oh, are we ready for the next poem? Let's do it. Yes. yes. We stay ready. We stay ready, Neely. Okay. Let's hear it for teachers, a curious crew. There isn't a limit to what they will do. They mark all your work and they do not despair when you still cannot tell between there, there and there. They tell you the same thing again and again while you sit staring blankly and chewing your pen. Sometimes their job isn't terribly fun with scary inspectors and scarier mums and screaming young children and meddling MPs picking holes in their work like a lump of Swiss cheese. But listen to me, for I swear that it's true. The reason they teach is they care about you. The reason they get up at stupid o'clock is to give you the key that will open the lock. They're desperate to help you, to be at your best, to be better people, not just pass a test, to do well, to think well, to walk tall with pride. So let's hear it for teachers, for they're, they're, they're on your side. My name is Joshua Siegel. Solidarity with all teachers. See you later. Yes. That's up, man. Those are some strong oh. Taylor Molly vibes. Some strong Taylor Molly yes. vibes. Without, <laughs> but without without the savior stuff. Oops, should wow. I not say this on YouTube? Mm. You did it. You went there. Oops. I like it. Oh, it, the, as soon as the accent comes in, that always kills me. You know that one? Um, I can't remember his name, but he's done uh, Why I Hate Religion But Love Jesus. Then he did Why I Hate, Edu- Why I Hate School But Love Education. Is that triggering with you guys? I'm I'm all I'm just thinking about rap lyrics that are like I don't want a marriage I want a partnership but it's like oh so you actually want a marriage <laughs> yeah <laughs> touche <laughs> yeah that was really dope though I wasn't um, sure if the accent was real at first but like I'm not lying but uh, yeah, really? you know so the, the, but powerful it was great I yeah. love the solidarity well, piece oh, too my mm-hmm. is I'm not muted uh, though right can you hear me no, we can hear you Mealy yes, we can hear you man 
Oh, I mean, he's insecure because he doesn't think we'll tell him if we can't hear it. Look, the trauma of the last year, I did it. Too many classes, I got 10 minutes in, and then some kid said, like, oh, man, you're just on a flow. (laughs) Alrighty, um... I, I so, got to give him a shout out for Stupid yeah. O'Clock right quick, though. Oh, I, oh, that, that was yeah, my that was Stupid yeah. O'Clock. Stupid yeah. O'Clock. Yeah. <laughs> Loved it. That is good stuff. For a poem about education, it's aimed at students. Like, it's aimed at explaining to a kid, yeah. like, why their teacher cares. And, oh and I, I like that sort of interpretation. Yeah. It's not aimed at other teachers or other adults. Mm-hmm. It shows- it's the Overthrowing Education Podcast. And I'm your host, Batsheva Frankel. We all know that great education should be engaging and inspiring, and Overthrowing Education aims to be just that as well. Every episode starts with a foamercial. It's a commercial parody for fake educational products we wish were real, followed by a discussion with passionate educators making a difference. While most discussions are playful, even within our serious and informative chats, the real fun comes when I make my guests play the five-minute game show at the end of the interview. Each game show is written especially for that episode's topic and guests. Every episode provides practical ideas and tools as well as food for thought. So join me as we overthrow education. Awesome. All right. So uh, we all, I don't know if we all, uh, some of us I know have come with poems that we would like to read. Um, so I want to just kind of open up the floor to you guys um, so we can just kind of see what poems we want to read or, or if there's any kind of setup that we want to give for them. So I'm, I'm heading out soon. Would it be all right if I did mine? Yeah, go, go, Gerardo. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, all right. So, so, so is, this is this the one a... you wrote ahead of time or is this your freestyle? <laughs> Uh, this is the one I wrote ahead of time. They're, they're both mm-hmm. I, they're both written, and I'll kind of explain the difference between like free. We can't conflate freestyle with off the dome because I'm not good off the dome. I have a stutter, uh, but I do have things that I wrote free of style and just kind of left oh. it as it was. But but I'll do the one. I'll do the one that um, I'm going to do the one that I wrote. Like, My entire wrote. closet is free of style. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> So the only thing you need to know about this one um, is that when I refer to a passage, passages are a type of project that we do at my school where students choose something they want to learn, choose a method to learn it, and then learn it and reflect. It came out of the Jefferson County Open School here in Denver, Colorado. Uh, Shout out to Jeffco Open. And uh, it it was the entire requirement of the school. Um, You'll hear echoes of like project-based learning and uh, expeditionary learning, all that kind of, kind of stuff. But that's what kind of inspired it. And I did this for my students. So here it goes. Cool. It's, it's called Flight. For my passage, I'm going to learn how to fly. I haven't really thought about how or where or when. I've been walking too long, staring up at walls that touch the sky, at clouds that are out of reach, at a sun that is both terrifying and appetizing, of the clear blue freedom that's, that is up there, unconquered and unimpressed with flightless creatures such as myself. I've decided that it's time to fly. I'll make my own wings for now, for one cannot fly into flying. I will taste what Icarus tasted, hunger for liberation, hunger that is stronger than even my considerable fear. Yes, the sun may burn me, but the moon may kiss me as I dance with the clouds. 
I will craft my wings with artistry and pizzazz. My feathers will be outrageous yellows and reds and oranges and blues and greens, brilliant and bold as, as the voice inside of me that whispers, it is time for you to take flight. I will be seen from miles around, everyone pointing to the sky. That is a strange and beautiful bird. I've decided it's time for all of us to fly. When the principal asks me what classes do you want to offer next year, I will say intro to individual aviation studies. And she will ask, is there a curriculum? And I will answer no, but all you need is your wings. And downtown will say, there's no budget for wings. And I'll say, we will make our own. And, and they will say, but how can you meet your seat time requirements for flying if you're flying? And I will say, your first mistake was to say that learning means being in your seat all day. My feet hurt. My feet hurt because life's walk is hard and unforgiving. The cracks in the concrete, the bumps in the road caused by trees pushing for liberation from their urban prisons. My neck hurts from looking up at my dreams as they float away from me like unanswered prayers. And it is so damn crowded down here, so crowded that we cannot spread our wings. We've been stuck in crowds so long that many of us even forgot we had wings to begin with. Wings that are unused become heavy, burdensome. Old Navy doesn't have shirts that are suited to flight, so we forget. We think our only mode of transport is our feet because it is all we look at all day. We stare at our feet because we're afraid of stumbling instead of staring at the blue canopy above us. Where are we going if not to the heavens? We will make our wings by hand. We'll shape them of the dreams we stashed in a box somewhere in the basement. The dreams we put aside so long ago, we don't remember why we put them aside. We'll dust them off, tear them into strips, and fasten them to a skeleton of courage. Then we'll tie our wings to our arms, strapped on by stubbornness, and move them. I will flap my wings, move them up and down until my feet leave the ground, till I levitate just a little, because if our feet leave the ground for just a second, we will know that flight is possible. We might get hungry, but we know the pain of flightlessness is worse than the pain of exhaustion or hunger. I must fly. You must fly. We must fly. The infinite sky is a terrible beauty. I know you're scared. So am I, because flight is the most natural thing that we could ever do. Now, actually, yeah. I just realized Damn. I um, I paraphrased that, like, or I, I was inspired by another piece that I had found on YouTube, <laughs> and then I couldn't find it because I wanted to play it for the kids. So then I wrote my own version um, inspired by that. So that's oh, right. Wow. Wow. Four nice. years ago. Fantastic. Yeah. Wow. So, <laughs> I made just a couple of notes, and then finally I was like, you know what? I just got to stop taking notes yeah. and just <laughs> be in the moment. Yeah. Right. So I can only tell you Thank something you. from the front end that really, you know, you, you, when you said um, like the sun may burn me, that those two lines about the sun and the moon, mm -hmm. it was like the sun is the risk and the moon is the reward. So mm -hmm. it's all about perception and perspective and how we see things. Um, you know, you, you, you talked about stuck in crowds and wings that are unused and that's our minds being stagnant and, yeah. You know, how empowering is that whole poem for a student to hear, for even an adult to hear, um, to take those risks, to go after your dreams, to just not waste time because we don't have time to waste. So that was powerful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. The line that hit me was uh, craft your wings. Like you said it earlier in the poem, but I've been reflecting a lot lately on how creativity is one of the most human endeavors and you talked about you know the wings being natural at the end and that connection triggered for me because I think 
so much of what we do in life is meant to stifle our creativity. And I always talk about it's something that needs to be liberated. It's it, like it is our humanity because mm-hmm. it's how we express all of what makes us uniquely human into the world. So connecting that idea of craft to wings was just such a beautiful image for me because it truly is not something that's like, oh, I'm here now. It's like an ongoing craft. And that's my favorite word this year. I've been using it constantly craft. with <laughs> literacy is craft is like, what yeah. is your craft and what is their craft and what can we borrow from their craft? And you've mentioned that you were inspired by another poem, which I took a similar path to create mine today, but that's, it's our, our own craft. If we can cultivate it, it's never one way. It's always like a two-way liberation because it's like by putting myself out there, I'm going to empower and inspire someone else. And then they might put themselves out there. And it's just this contagious thing, craft. So I loved how you talked about that. Thank you. Amen. Can I, I read I my really, Go ahead, Tisco. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I, I really enjoyed, like, it's, it's it starts with, like, an abstract, you know, whimsical kind of idea, mm-hmm. but you keep connecting it back to concrete things. Very much. Yeah. And, like, connecting yeah. it back to, okay, so what's it going to look like in school? Or, how, right. you know, how do I build wings from, from hand? Like, you keep connecting back, like, which makes it feel so much more possible. You know, it makes it Mm -hmm. seem like it's it's not an impossible thing. Like it's just it's like right there, and you just need to like put in the effort and do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, work at it. Do y'all want to hear the freestyle? Yeah, oh yeah. The the freestyle is shorter, so um, and and then I'll I'll give up the space. So uh, again, free up style, uh, not off the dome, not improvising this, but I just kind of wrote it without um without like a whole lot of limitation on myself. Um, this one uh, I read a few, or I wrote a few years ago after reading Jay-Z's Decoded um, and where Jay-Z talks about um, how, A, it doesn't really matter whether you understand his lyrics or not, that, that he writes them for him. But also if you give them multiple listens, you're gonna hear different things every time. So, um, so this one is uh, December, 2017. I am the resistance by virtue of my existence. Why do I need to navigate? Why do I need so much to navigate this world? I want to fight because you underestimate me. When you fight me, you fight the spirits of the past, the spirits of my past's past. You know what I am. I am the ghost of your past. Karma in person, genocide, mass murder, crimes be a blur, son. Rustling behind the curtain when you thought you was alone. Looking over your shoulder knowing I'm more than just a drone. Buzzing off someone's, someone else's orders. I act on my own. Crossing borders. Pierced by pangs of my grandmother's poverty. She ate the bark from the tree that was barely on her property. The whip persists in my DNA strands. Searching for my people in these decimated lands. Going home where there's a secret language you can't speak. Where strength is given so we don't prey on the weak. And though death may find me, I need to live, not ready to die, so we continue to live. Dying for years now, far too many, to count on one hand, feeling like I ain't lived any, feeling the warmth of the sun from behind the shroud. Oh, and I guess that's the end. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's the end. Good job, good job. Thank wow. You. Thank you. Wow. Those wow. first couple lines. Can you just there say them one wow. more time for me? Like the first two lines. The first I have two. to hear it one more. Yeah. I'm the... I am the resistance by virtue of my existence. Why do I need so much to navigate this world? Boom. Like yeah. that right there. Mm-hmm. Like tweet that, put it on a t-shirt. Like, I, will, I will join that. So many lines from that, right? Wow. Oh. Skills. Damn, Thank you. I love what you said about Jay-Z at the beginning too. And it actually, uh, put you on the spot, Mealy kind of harkens back. I, the question popped into my mind when you're like, why is it so hard to understand stupid poetry? Like, why not just make it <laughs> understandable? And I had the thought that how dope a unit would it be for students if the essential question is, is poetry meant for the audience or for the poet? Like, mm. how sick an inquiry would that be? Because really, mm. that's where the tension of it well, lies, I, right? So I was 
I was lucky enough to teach hip hop studies uh, for a couple of years um, to high schoolers, and we would always open with a cipher. So we would they would write a couple of lines, and and they weren't required to share them, but the idea was to get them. First of all, engaging in braggadocio a little bit, like because mm-hmm. this this is definitely an egotistical piece, right? Um, but you know, one of the things that I tell them is like, you think you think rappers doubt themselves? Like, do you think they're insecure about the words they're putting out there? So how about how about if we try to also, you know, kind of walk the same way, walk a little bit mm-hmm. bigger than than we think we are, and um, and so like, and it was really interesting. So you start looking at like at things like hip hop where, you know, some lyrics are really deep and poetic and meaningful, like Rakim, you know exactly what he's talking about, but then you listen to Eminem and he's just playing with language. He's just mm-hmm. having fun with, mm-hmm. um, Ooh, we could rhyme these weird things together. And then I'm going to gross you out with vomit in my sweater already mom spaghetti, <laughs> like you know, and he's just having fun with the words. Um, mm-hmm. and I think Jay-Z has a little bit of that too, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think, you know, it's like, you know, right, right for yourself because, and you don't know what people are going to connect to either. Like I actually, right. Natalie, those those two first lines are my least favorite lines in the piece. <laughs> like I feel like I feel like That's okay, funny. I'm just warming up, and then you know I kind of get into a rhythm a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it never fails, yeah. right? I always hate my opening lines. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. I like those opening. It's like a it's like the wrapping on a gift, you know. Like it's just it's right there on the surface, and you just tear it open. Mm-hmm. Like where it went from there. Would okay. you get me, Ellie? So I I I, I put I put this together. Um, Last night, actually, because I said, okay, and if we had, you know, we're going to have enough, and we obviously have more than enough poetry than we'd have time. So I'll go through this one relatively quickly. All right. So, um, and I can't see you guys. Of course it does. Um, <laughs> so, but I can't look at you guys. It's, it's, on, it's on a Google Doc, so I can't look at you guys and, and the poem at the same time. So I have no idea. We're making what. faces at you. Just know that's, that. That's awesome. Awesome. Okay. So, um, looking for inspiration about education. Hey, wait, I thought this was summer vacation. But for teachers, our brains can hardly refrain from ideas about lessons. The year has barely ended, and we're sure we'll do better with the next one. So as I contemplate going from good to great, back to good enough, like NKOTB, hanging tough, I want to improve and make a difference despite outside interference and internal motivation, motivation disappearance and kids not getting my reference to say I'm still here. Hence, I put these words down because though I clown and often goof around, I educate, I guide, I listen. Like the dude, I abide. I'm on the student's side. So as the tide waxes and wanes, and as the teachers and the public moan and complain, I show up to my classroom, my happy place, with compassion and grace, a smile on my face as I run this race, not to the top, but to their hearts and their brains. Lessons with the feels as much as the explains. It's how I roll. Many words go down the drains, but we're still getting wet with the shower of knowledge. Yeah, you thought I was going to rhyme that with college? That's an non sequitur. You bet it here. Don't forget me, dear. I don't need a cheer or you to raise your beer. I'll be here all year. Each day, a new opportunity. What does education do to me? It lights my fire. It is my reason for being and doing and saying and laughing and crying and praying. So I've been rambling and rhyming. Is there a point to this noise that I voice? All as I can say is I educate. That's because who I am. I don't have a choice. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you got some bars, Mealy. You got some bars. Yeah. I love right. that. I love that. What, wait, what did you, uh, what did you rhyme with lesson? It was kind of, um, it was kind of un- un- uh, unexpected. The, the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Next no, time. I love, I love that. Like playing around with language and, mm-hmm. um, and I had some uh, I had some PTSD when you were talking about still thinking about teaching and vacation. Well, I was like, <laughs> yes. <Yep. laughs> oh, I got my blood Never pressure ends. spiked. I mean, we, we can't we can't turn it off. You know what I mean? Mm-mm. I'll be watching yeah. like yeah. a show on Netflix. I'll be listening to a song. I'll be you know doing something. Oh, I'll be like, oh, I could well, I could I can use that. That that would yeah, be the best. 
Yeah. Always all day. Because I, I, I said, I'm, I'm a teacher. I can't, I don't, I don't have a choice. I'm just a teacher. Yeah. Or help us if we go to a yard sale or garage sale. Every single thing. Oh, I could use that in my class. Oh, I could use that in my class. <laughs> so I envision you, um, Mealy, coming into a battle, like uh-huh. with that piece. And uh-huh. the first couple of lines, like you're kind of silly. And the guys in my circle are kind of like laughing. They're mm-hmm. like, okay, this guy, look at, look, look at this herb with his glasses, you know? Right. <laughs> and then, but then, but then as, as it, as it picks up steam, I just see all the fellas like, okay, you go. No, I love it. I love how it, how it stays mostly lighthearted, but make no mistake. It's, it's a passion piece, man. It comes, oh, yeah. it comes from a deep place. It's got meaning. Yeah. <laughs> it's what we used to call nerds. We used to call them herbs. Don't ask me why. Um, <laughs> somehow that slang hasn't come back. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, Mila, I, I loved it because it, it was it was this kind of lightly intense, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, oh, intense. oh, bars. I got to write that down. <laughs> which, is, which, is, which, to be honest, is very, very Mealy. Like, yeah. I, 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 yeah. That's how it definitely felt like, like, felt you like weren't sure if you wanted to be silly or not. And you're just like, let me just keep well, going. But you can't sleep on him because behind the behind the the humor and the humor is real. Like, I'm, shout mm-hmm. out to you because you're one of the funniest humans I've met. <laughs> behind the humor is a deep love, and I think that really came through mm-hmm. in that piece. Yeah, and I think right. people can be like, "Oh, we just joke." Nah, man, there's there's real stuff there for yeah. real. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew I'll once always. I said knowledge, I'm like, oh, I got to rhyme with what rhymes with knowledge? College. Duh. I'm like, so now I got to like mock myself using college to rhyme with knowledge. You thought I was gonna rhyme it with college, but I didn't. But I did. <laughs> But I can't <laughs> <laughs> You're like the Eminem of edgy poets. Seriously. Like based on the definition of like all the wordplay that Ryder was talking about. Yes. That's exactly it's what you were doing. It had... I do like it's, so, it's so natural. It's just so natural. You're just like flowing. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. <sighs> Oh, so, it's kind of um, a magic of poetry, hey? Like when you do get into the flow of it, it just takes on a life of its own. Like you're yeah. even talking about reflecting on like making the connection between knowledge and college, and then that naturally leads you to the next point. I think that's one mm-hmm. of the coolest things about poetry and hip hop, I guess, too. Yes, yeah. Cars and swinging from line to line. Mm-hmm. Uh, there you go. <laughs> yes. Hey everyone, my name is Natalie Vardabasso and I am a Canadian teacher and instructional designer, but most exciting of all, I am also the host of a new podcast called Hashtag EduCrush. On the podcast, I have the privilege of learning from inspirational teachers, leaders, innovators, and activists who are passionate about what education could be, but they're not just talking about it, they're actually out there making it a reality. I then started diving in deeper with the intersectionality of math and social justice, activism, racism, because it's, it's pervasive. Racism is everywhere. You know, I, I started the school from scratch and I had to go yeah. into living rooms with parents and say, hi, how do you like me so far? If 2020 has taught us anything, it's that we have a lot of work to do to reimagine schools that allow each student to learn. This is the type of change that is bigger than what any one of us can do alone. But hopefully, together, we can crush it. All right, so... um. We've got one more YouTube thing to do, but also I want to make sure we get to Natalie and um, Tracy. So who wants to, and Tadisco, you have you have other ones as well, if we can get to those? I mean, no? we don't have to get to those, but okay. like, <laughs> if we need filler time, I sure do. Okay, okay, all right. If we don't get to them, I won't be heartbroken. Let me just state that. Okay, okay. So Tracy or Natalie, did you, either one of you feel motivated to go first? I'll go and... Go for it. I'll go and then I won't. And I'm going to set that up for you. And you're like, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, 
what I planned on reading, I am not going to read in its entirety just because um, of some emotions I'm dealing with right now. And you guys know what those are. So um, I'm I'm not going. In fact, I was sitting here like, do I even want to read a little bit or not Mm -hmm. at all? But I am going to read this. This is actually an excerpt from the book that I've been looking at taking away as a standalone poem. So it is raw and it's not fully fleshed out, but it really, really is on my heart. And um, there was an incident uh, this past summer um like many others we hear on the news, this is heavy and I really don't want to bring it down. So no, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to read these questions that were a piece of this poem and just let you figure out the context without me even setting it up. Let's just do that. Cool. So um, these are the questions that will be in the poem. What if the woman wasn't there? What if the customers weren't bystanders or told a different version? What if the man drew a weapon or became physically violent? What if others would have made the usual assumption that my son and his friends were in the wrong? and came to the man's defense. What if the officers would have become hostile with my son and his friends? What if my son and his friends ended up with a knee on their necks and backs? And like I said, I'm gonna stop right there. Um, There was a situation, um, a man we think with mental health issues or drugs or something, I don't know, um, or just racist, I I have no idea, kind of charged at my son and his friends and it got really, crazy and the police were called. And of course the report was, you know, these three black boys. Um, But thank God the people that were there and witnessed told the truth and the beautiful truth. And, but the person who called the police um, was just like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I just assumed, I just assumed. Mm -hmm. So it um, could have been a completely different outcome. So yeah, the, there, there's so much more to that that's powerful that I think really just makes people think. Um, and, and we just have to share our stories and we have to share our voices and our experiences mm-hmm. because we can use experiences in life can either make us angry and we just are in a state of anger and not action, or mm-hmm. we can use that anger to work through it, process it, and then use it for fuel for change. Yeah. Um, and that's that's what my family has chosen to do. Yeah. So. I love that it's structured as questions. I love that yeah. so much because that's, in those scary moments, that's all that we really have, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and you're really just leading the people listening to, to just that feeling, that exact feeling, and that feeling that there's no answer and we can't ha- find a comfortable one yet. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's that's mm-hmm. where a lot of the pain lives, right? It lives in the uncertainty. It lives in the mm-hmm. why so and so and not me. And I, you know, I, I grew up in a community where these questions were always um, at our forefront. And you know, because of my own proximity to whiteness, I didn't have to face those same questions, but but they were always there. And in that and that, yeah, that uncertainty is 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 where a lot of that pain really lives. Uh, Tracy, thank you for sharing that. That was yeah, um, yeah. yeah thank you. Yeah. Got me yeah. deep. Thank you, Tracy. Amen. You're welcome. Amen. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. All right. Nat, lift us up. I've been waiting for this. I'm like, okay, pull yourself together, Nat. Yeah. Or, or um, don't. I mean, or you don't. know. don't. All right. <laughs> right? right? Um, yeah. I'm just, I like sit. I can read a bad poem now just to help you set the bar, though. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> I have a like lot said, of those. Uh, um, well, mine is 
we'll see. Like I said, 30 minutes ago. Okay, here's the story of this journey to get to this poem is I left everything to the last minute, like I was saying. And then I actually had to take one of my own lessons because in all the literacy work we've been doing at my school the past year, we've talked a lot. We pull from uh, the work of Kelly Gallagher, Penny Kittle, incredible. If you haven't read their stuff, Redecide, Kelly Gallagher's book, changed the way I approach all of my humanities classes. And one of the practices that they really uphold is this idea of the mentor text. So what we naturally do when we're looking for inspiration is we look to our mentors, but we don't let kids do that enough in the classroom space. So the first thing I did this morning when I was like, I got nothing, <laughs> like I am, I'm going to have to show up and just be like, oh, I'm coming to this thing with nothing to offer. And I hate that is I started watching my favorite slum poets again. And one of the first ones I saw years ago that really hit me in the heart, her name is Sarah Kay. And mm. she performed, you know who I'm talking about, Tedisco? She performed uh, at TED like years ago and it went viral and her poem was called, uh, If I Should Have a Daughter. And so I decided I would do some approved plagiarism because I'm giving her all of the credit, all of the love for her structure, for her approach and for her tone, like her tone just, oh God, it's like someone wraps arms around your heart and just holds yes. it and then throws it up into the air and it flies. Like, And I was like, I want to capture that. That is the feeling I need right now. So I wrote my poem directly beside hers, side by side with her language, her voice. I just kept listening to it. And so uh, this poem is called, uh, If I Should Design a School, and I just let it go from there. So, because I just finished writing it, I got to open it up like Mealy. So I'm going to not look at y'all for a second. Here we go. If I could design a school, instead of teachers, we would have skylights, because that way students would never forget where to set their sights. And I'm going to paint the curriculum on the classroom walls so everyone must see themselves in it before they can say, oh, we covered that in class. And students will learn that soft skills will hit you hard in the face, wait for you to carefully craft an opinion just to shatter it with perspective. But getting served a slice of humble pie is the only way to remind our brains how much they like the taste of curiosity. There's trauma and pain that cannot be fixed by wellness days or poetry. So while students are waiting for Superman, we'll make sure they know that there's still a parachute in the gym and that no matter how hard they try to fill it on their own, they will always need others to hide in the safety of its rainbow cocoon. And scholars will tell them, don't keep your nose in your phones like that. We know that rabbit hole because we've fallen down it a million times ourselves. You're just smelling for the oceans. You can follow the trail back to a place that feels like perfection to see if you can swim in it or else you'll filter your world to see if you can mimic it. Despite our words, we know they'll do it anyway. So we'll always keep an extra supply of laughter and questions nearby because there are no insecurities that laughter can't fix. Okay, there's a few insecurities that laughter can't fix, but that's where the questions come in because dialogue will heal everything if you let it. I want learners to look at the world through the resolution of stories, to look through the eyes of characters at the possibilities that exist on the precipice of their own future because that's the way that my mom taught me that everything happens for a reason. When you decide to start something new only to find that the more you know, the more you know you don't know. When you join a team to collaborate, the very people who are supposed to be helping you are the ones standing in your way. When your computer screen goes blue and you're flooded with the frustration of having to start over, those are the very days that you have all the more reason to say thank you. Because there's nothing more beautiful than the way learning continues to flow from our strengths, no matter how many times we think we aren't good enough. Our students will give form to formative. They will put the star in starting over and over. And no matter how many mistakes they make in a day, we will be sure they always take the next steps in their journey. And yes, on a scale of one to reimagining, I'm pretty damn naive, but I want my students to know that this world is made out of clay. It can crack easily, but they shouldn't be afraid to wet their hands and shape it. 
innovators, I'll tell them, remember to start from what if and reflect on what it is that we need to shift and be the liberators with capable hands and audacious hope that never stop dreaming of more. Remember that trust is hard won and easily broken. So always rebuild it with the delicate courage of an apology. But don't you ever apologize for the way your eyes can't help but to noticing and your voice is small, but don't ever stop wondering. And when life tries to hand you a grade, when it slips comparison and rankings into your feed and offers you the blinder of bias, you tell it this, I'm living my education. Man. Yes. Woo-hoo. Wow. That's a great. ton in there. <laughs> wow. It's, it's the metaphors for me, Nat. Um, <laughs> I, I really, um, I love, I love, I love the, well, okay. So when you talk about skylights and said teachers, I was like, what? Like I got mad at first, but then, um, but just thought like just the way you use that, um, having having the students face towards the thing that really mattered, like that really got me deep. Uh, humble pie is nasty. I do not recommend. Uh, it does not taste good at all. Uh, <laughs> it tastes a little bit like crow. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a fan mm-hmm. of eating crow either. No, but but I also I, I think that the um, like I want to work at that school. Um, and then I'm always I'm always about the bars, feeling it, mimic it. Like I enjoyed that. Uh, yes. That was really cool. Yeah. So. Uh, love that piece. It was cool. And I, and I love the delivery as well. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Powerful. Yeah. Huge yeah. props to Sarah Kay. Cause I can't like her voice just embeds itself in my soul that every time I try to like do anything, like I just feel like I put on her voice. Like I just live in it. And, well, so. and let me tell you that like, I'm a huge fan of Sarah Kay. Love Sarah Kay. Mm-hmm. And I could see where the start of your poem began there, but by the end it, it definitely sounded like, just genuinely more like you. Oh, yeah. thanks to Disco. It's always the hope. But oh, yeah, I love that. I love what you said about the earth is made of clay. Yes. Oh, yes. That was yes. awesome. Yeah, and we can mold it. Yes. yes. There's so yeah. many takeaways from that, like shatter it with perspective. There are no insecurities that laughter can't fix. Learning flows from strength. I mean, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. You need to just take some of those and just tweet them out as quotes. Just <laughs> put them on a beautiful canvas slide. And yes, yeah. seriously. Put them on mugs and sell them and make millions of dollars. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, see, yep. you know what I'm going to be tweeting for the next all summer. I'll just get those on like an actual timer so I can try and step away and not think about education. <laughs> Jokes. There you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, y'all. It's oh, been yeah. so much fun. Um, I'll catch you in the last round okay. table. All right. Yeah. Love yeah. you, Ronda. See you in a little while. All right. Yeah. Peace. I'm going to play one more that we have that I have um, someone submitted. Then we'll play the game for a little while. Awesome. In September. This year, what a year for hopes and dreams to be stretched thin to their seams, held together by a bunch of positive intentions. That should have led back to a bunch of good impacts, but our courageous mentions floated like raised flags, signaling that we will not abandon our post, and mostly we would try to pass on our confident torches, even as the sinking feeling set in. Then in that first week, timidly and vividly, we saw the ghosts of markers past on the whiteboards, like memories not quite wiped clean. Old due dates, kindness quotes, and reminder notes made us remember that to-do lists are never ending. Yeah, I was among the masses of teachers standing in digital mask classes and speaking to faceless faces. Kids didn't want to sound off, stand out, speak up, or even show themselves. But what teenager willingly gives all of that up? As we grasped the gaps before us, we leapt hoping that our tenacity would be enough, that our kindness would be enough, that our Between the Bells tools would be enough. Had we been in tune with our social fluencies as well as our students were, we might have chosen differently and taken the year off too. In September, we walked in patiently and patently down divided hallways and play yards, compartmentalizing spaces with the efficiency of snails. Did we honestly think that hurting these cool cats would be easy? 
waiting for numbers to fall and grades to grow. And by the end of that first month, well, what do you know? We were on our knees and it began to show that nothing could ease the stress that comes with the first sneeze. And so began our undoing. And we knew that this year would be different, specifically because you and me had to move intrepidly into a school year that no one could prep for. But we did. August were spent letting hope live rent-free in our minds, sharing stories and course courses that random finds could barely make it off the page just one semester prior. Overnight, we felt our fire stolen and we were shook, but still were willing to fight because ignoring our everyday fear of being fearless was more important than our great books. Around November, protection became misdirection, information became myth, and we were left with only each other to lean on. You good? I'm good. Good. But we weren't good. And so on and so on and so on. Safe throwaways like have a good weekend or see you tomorrow felt heavy like a prayer and smelled like hand sanitizer. It was a tribute and a charm. It was a promise against harm and a protection meant to keep all kids off the COVID radar. It was also the ultimate and strangely singular assessment tool that covered all categories. You good was simultaneously diagnostic, formative, and summative. We do anything to keep us from being the center of the conversation in any way, especially when they'd say, hey, but they seemed so healthy yesterday. As school expanded beyond the bells, we made living rooms into classrooms, pets became mascots, we gave parents honorary teaching degrees, and we adopted students. And reading the Zoom correctly meant saying hello to siblings and stuffies and maybe hearing fire alarms and seeing dad crying and wondering if that sound was someone washing the dishes really, really loudly in the background. We answered questions like, can I show my cat? Is it time to go home? Do I have to wear pants? Are you wearing pants? Tomorrow, do we have to come back? Where's the work? Yo, can I get a snack? We did all this while making sense of poetry and addition and world events and our relationships. I remember hearing my own children ask for permission to go to the bathroom. I said, you do not have to ask for permission. They said it wasn't permission. It was polite. The teacher worries. After that, walking in and walking out of their camera frame became more solemn and definitely more respect-filled. The many challenges managed us. Yet We kept going and showing up and stopped thinking that we were all knowing and what to do. Because we didn't. And even though empty halls felt like time travel or falling through a multiverse of memories one after another after another, we wanted this year to matter, to be something greater. So we leapt and flipped into our classrooms and hallways and study halls because duty calls. And yes, some of us wept. And yes, some of us kept our feelings pent up and posted for only our closest of friends to see. Now, the impact of that tactic made many act like if they did react, someone would knock them back, unfortunately. But we kept going not knowing that the unlearning was beginning to show. And though it was not said out loud and proud as it should have been, H-O-P-E, hope was starting to grow. We were winning. And in some ways, the virus going viral led to upward spiral after spiral of tidal thinking that the end was near. And damn it, we would be in a good way this year. Not like last year. So we extended all deadlines without any catch, reached out our kindness and compassion to match, made every moment full of welcome and cheer, waited and waited patiently through tears, spoke with more reverence of parent support, found new ways to connect besides mark reports. We stopped assuming school fits everyone. We collaborated and shared to get the work done. Some final words. To those who learned that distance can make our hearts fonder and softer and pushed our thinking farther, making teachers wander and wonder and reach places undiscovered, thank you. To the parents and guardians or whomever was able to support us in class from their kitchen table, thank you. To the educators that braved the weather and still saw hope in the tunnel and humans all riding the same train together, thank you. 
to the leaders and doers, your pivots helped move us and groove us to imagine new limits. Thank you. To the keepers and listeners, to the breakers and fixers, to the fighters and defenders, to the injustice enders, to the caregivers and beholders, to the bridges and shoulders, for the kindness of strangers and the science that saved us from danger. In September, we walk back into school because of you. Thank you. Wow. Wow. Another heavy one. Oh, man. And a long one. Like, I don't know if I know that many words. (laughs) (laughs) And do you know what depth of contemplation that it Mm. took to bring that to fruition? And what what emotions must he have experienced as Mm -hmm. he was writing that? Um, you know, we talk about building the plane while flying it, you know, it's like, were you writing that poem in real time or what, you know, (laughs) just, wow. Um, we will not abandon our post. Um, there was one sentence in there that just did it for me speaking to faceless faces and not wanting to Mm. show themselves. Mm. Just Mm. wow. Wow. Yeah. I love the imagery at the beginning. He used so much imagery for fear and and just trying to like just show that the the terror um, and 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 the haunting feeling. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. And just starting mm-hmm. there and then building up to a place of hope, which is mm-hmm. what happened. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. It was yeah. like the perfect summation of <laughs> my own. A little experience too perfect. I it was a little. I know. Yeah. I, was like, I think he was writing it in real time. <laughs> yeah. That, it, honestly, I'm like, how did you capture all of those moments? in my own journey, which was clearly his journey, which is very now obviously our journey, which is so fascinating when that happens. I loved his line. The one that really nudged my thinking was around uh, if we were more in touch with our social fluencies. And I was like, A, I'd never heard the phrase social fluencies before, but then he was talking about how students decided to check out early on and maybe Mm -hmm. we would have done the same. And I was like, Ooh, for sure. Okay. I got to sit with that for a minute. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Cause I do think teachers push themselves through human extremes that I don't know all the time if we should, like, if that's the right thing right. to do, yeah. are we modeling the right thing by kids? If we're not breaking down in front of them and be like, it's all too much. Mm-hmm. Can't, can't deal with this right now. We're not going to do all the things we said we were going to do. We're just going to mm-hmm. go cultivate some joy next week. That's it. <laughs> that was really interesting. Yeah. Oh, by and, the know, way, just shout out um, that his name is um, Chris J. Clough. So at Chris J. Clough, C-L-U-F-F on Twitter and the other one that, that we ha- heard I'll throw them on the show notes and um, anyone else that wants to hit me and ask me who they are on Twitter or whatever um, that's heard this, you know, or you, Natalie, whatever, I'll, I'll get you the, mm-hmm. the deets as the kids say. The deets. You know, one yeah. last thing on that, and this is going to sound real crazy. I don't know why I'm making this analogous, but it's what mm-hmm. came to mind. Um, he said a line that made me, of course, I have sons and a husband. So, you know, zombie apocalypse movies are just the norm in my house. Uh-huh. But mm-hmm. Think about, when, well, I don't know about everybody else, but here, um, spring break of last year, we were, we had like an hour to go get everything we needed from school (laughs) and don't come back. And so when we walked back in that following year, you know, he mentioned the to-do list and all that stuff that was still in place. And it, it just, I had this vision of like the zombie movies where there's this ravaged desolation and then people walk in and you just see like everything just stopped. So that that visual was powerful for me. I was going to say, I think a lot of us had experiences like 
whether wherever it was, the end of spring, summer, or whatever, where you walked into your classroom with a school and it did it felt eerie, like almost like 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 a like a ghost town where you're like, oh boy, just the like we've all been I've been to school before where there's no kids, but it never felt as haunted as it did when we came back to clean up our classrooms. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, or yeah. it's empty, I guess. I was yeah. talking with a group of my friends. I was trying to explain that feeling to them. Like, because uh, there were days when, uh, and I don't know how, how everybody else's district worked, but there were days where, like, they required the teachers to be in the building to teach, but no mm-hmm. students were welcome back. Yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to explain them, like, it's like, I don't know, if you ever, like, show up at school, like, too early and there's nobody else around? And my friends are like, yeah, but that was, like, really awesome. I'm like, not when it's all day, all week, yeah. for weeks yeah. on end. Like, mm-hmm. it's I just, call it CTSD. COVID traumatic stress disorder and I'm serious like that is a thing that is is. is. thank you and stay unprofessional stay unprofessional stay Stay unprofessional. unprofessional